If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there and welcome back. This is KT at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, growing money, spending money, investing money, saving money, and also about all the things that affect people's ability to make money. So I don't know, a lot of you have probably heard me say this before that I always think about the economy and the market is kind of the ultimate confidence game. When people feel confident, they buy more, they spend more, they invest more. And then as a result, Wherever money goes, money tends to grow. So if people feel good about the economy, they go out and buy things. If people are worried about the economy, they tend to pull back and they tend to save things. And so one of the things I'm famous for saying is that sometimes bad markets can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If people talk enough about how it's going to be bad, you ultimately could make it bad. I want to explore that idea, talk about recent statistics in the U.S. around confidence and how come... The Consumer Confidence Index, which should be, based on what I just said, a great indicator of the future, has actually been kind of a lousy indicator for the future. And why that matters to you as you try to navigate this economy and these markets. More after the break. Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning, with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. So how confident are you feeling? Well. There's been a lot of recent data that's come out on the Consumer Confidence Index. And I was just listening to a show about the New Hampshire Consumer Confidence Index. You can tell I love these things under the category of like freaking geek of all things data-driven. I'm always curious about what people are thinking and why it matters and how you might use that to gain a financial advantage or to understand better what's coming. So the recent data... Basically, when we talk about household financial condition, this was a survey uh, done each year from UNH, which is University of New Hampshire, here in my home state. So 47% think that they are better off now than they were a year ago. Okay. 18% say they are worse off than they were a year ago. And 35% think they've had no change since a year ago. The survey also asks people to guess where they think they'll be a year from now. Do they think they will be better, no change, or worse? Well, 55% believe the status quo will continue. However they're doing now, they'll be doing just as good at this a year from now. A whopping 36% believe they'll actually be better off than they are right now. And about 10% believe that they'll be worse off. 
this would be considered a pretty optimistic summary of where the consumer is today. And I thought, huh, so if consumers believe things are good, then ultimately maybe things will continue to be good. And then I got it in my head. I was going to go back and look and say, how good are consumers at figuring out whether or not they should be confident? So I went back and I looked at the last big correction of our adult lifetimes. We all know when this was. Uh, We started to see the top of financial enthusiasm in 2006. We saw it wane in 2007, and then we saw it hit the ground like a thump in 2008. But by 2008, everybody kind of knew it wasn't good. So I thought we would go back and we would look at 2007 and 2006 and say, where were we? So I decided that my little state of New Hampshire was probably not big enough and I should go look at the national numbers. So I did. And they're actually published and available on the web. So the Consumer Confidence Index runs a scale of, uh, it's a graph, you can just look it up. Imagine 100 plus is a good number. It means people are generally confident. Less than 100 means that people aren't confident. Obviously, the lower you go, the worse it is. Seems simple. So I go looking in 2006. Now I have to think about this year as kind of like, this is the froth on the cake. People are flipping houses. They're buying multiple condominium units and they are super confident they're going to be able to sell all this real estate and make a big profit and interest rates are still low and the money is very available and you're getting checks in the mail and everything seems like there's no way this party could end. Consumer confidence in 2007 is as high as it is right now in 2019. Now, wait a minute, KT. The whole thing fell apart in 2007 and into 2008. It wasn't really until the middle of the summer of 2008 that we started to see how bad things really were. But frankly, there were lots of cracks in the drywall to let you know that things were getting a little bit uncertain. So if the CCI is so important, why is it so far behind? financial events that actually happen. And why should we be thinking about consumer confidence at all? If we know consumer confidence only reflects what we see and feel right now, and that the future of what we think we'll be doing later on is irrelevant. In fact, if anything, it's probably historical looking, how good things have been, not how good things will be. So we've been tracking this data forever and ever. And if it actually doesn't work as a leading indicator of what's coming on, let's talk about Why? Why doesn't it work? And financial professionals, they cite this data all of the time. You hear it all the time with investment professionals. You hear it with money managers. I listen to it all day long on Bloomberg. They go, blah, 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 blah. The economy is still expanding. Things still seem really good. There's plenty of money in in the system. And then meanwhile, there are all these other things happening that have people somewhat distracted and confused and worried about what what does this mean and what does that mean? And, you know, in 2007, we had our own issues. We had questions about these mortgages and they were, oh, don't worry about it. This is mezzanine level and they're nice and safe. And, you know, don't look behind the curtain. This is going to be fine. And so now what we're talking about is things like this big trade war and what this actually means. And we're like, oh, don't worry about that. It's going to be fine. Don't look behind the curtain. Everything is great. Confidence is strong. Why? Why are we all looking for the reasons to discard anything that might challenge our happy sense of consumer confidence? Well, behavioral finance experts refer to this as the herd instinct. We really would rather be with our friends. 
and follow the same belief, then be willing to stand away from them. In fact, people that stand away from the current theme tend to be ridiculed, especially the ones who call it a little early. If our friends say things are good, things are good for us too. I mean, we're doing as well as them, right? That's that whole keep up with the Joneses thing. It's as much psychological as it is financial, this idea that we're all benefiting and everybody's doing really well. The other thing that really gets in our way is something called confirmation bias. Now, for all of you people that tune into the TV station that talks about the politics and the only way that you agree, you should know. I might be talking to you. Confirmation bias is I only look for information that validates what I already believe. Now, in the money world, we call this data, data shopping. You're looking for that piece of data that validates that things are as good as you thought they were or as bad as you thought they were, depending upon what your position is. But confirmation bias means that you decide that you're going to look for something that validates how you think and feel. And we, as humans, do this all the time. So this might help explain how come we could be really confident when things might not be as clear as we thought that they were just because, of course, everybody else thinks they are. So I've tried to come up with a couple of tips, things that might help you ask yourself this question. How confident am I really? And should I still be as confident as I thought I was before? So what's a smart investor or consumer supposed to do? Well, the first thing I say is look around, ask yourself. When was the last time I got a real raise? Now, I'm not talking those lousy little cost of living raises, but I like a raise raise. Like I got a job that gave me a bonus. I got a real raise because uh, my boss thought I did a really great job. When was the last time I got a raise? When you ask yourself that, what you're really asking yourself is, am I keeping up with this economy? It's been pretty good. Frankly, for the last 10 years, things have been growing right along. Companies have been doing very, very well. But have you, John Q employee, have you been doing better? Have you been getting regular raises, regular changes in pay? Have opportunities come your way to maybe change jobs and make more money or not? That's one. Second is, is my employer hiring people or are they laying people off? So take a look around. Are your friends getting jobs or are they losing jobs? Are companies moving into your area or are companies moving out? See, it doesn't really matter what they say. They can talk, talk, talk all day long. But if you look around your town and businesses are leaving, then you've got to look at that and say, should I still be confident? Third thing, I always think about this as my kind of canary in the coal mine. When things are bad, or when news is shaky, right? So a good example is we had an unemployment number that had new job claims at 130,000, which is a little higher than they thought it would be. But right away, the market had already gone up and investors decided that that data didn't matter because the Fed will likely drop interest rates. When somebody tells me why something doesn't matter, it automatic, automatically kind of makes me wonder, you know, if it matters. This is happening more and more right now, where economic data is coming out not quite as good as we thought. 
But then they say, oh, this is more reason why the Fed might lower rates. And if they do that, then free money always makes everything better. I'm not sure that that's true, but that is the current thinking. And here's what I'll say to you. If I look at this economy, despite the fact that my personal economy is better than it was a year ago, I look down the road and I say, will it be better a year from now? And I'm not an all out negative. In fact, if anything, I'm probably the perennial optimist. But I think you'd have to be like with your head in a hole, lying and screaming at the top of your lungs not to hear the economy slowing down a little bit. You know, does it mean it's 2007? No, but frankly, they didn't know it was going to be 2007 in 2006. And so neither will you. Not this time, not the next time, not the time after that. So you want to think about this. Like I look around and I say, have I gotten a raise recently? Are my friends getting new jobs? Are they getting more money? Are they getting less? Are companies laying off or are they hiring? Am I discounting real world issues because it defies what I want to believe, which is things are great. Just ask anybody. You know, I always say, you know, my crystal ball gets foggy like everybody else's. And I can't tell you which way the wind is blowing, but I can tell you that it is blowing. If you're tired of hearing why everything is always going to be fine, no matter what, you might want to listen to that voice in your head and think about where you are financially. Do I have enough money in cash reserve if something should change? Do I have enough money to fall back on? Is my employer strong? If you're working for an employer that you can kind of see the handwriting on the wall, things there are getting weak and you decide to stay rather than look for work, what you're doing is you're betting your financial future on them making it. And you have to ask yourself, would they bet on you? If you feel like your employer is not stable, the economy is good, might be a good time to make a change, then do it. If you've got more money in stock than you've ever had in your whole life and you're getting a little closer to retirement and you think, I don't want to miss anything, you know, fear of missing out. If I don't take some money out of the market, I would say to you, be willing to have some liquidity, be willing to rebalance and not live out on the train tracks waiting to get run down the next time the stock market falls apart. Because I don't know if it will or not, but here's what I'll say to you. It eventually always does. It's part of the agreement. Stocks go up and down, sometimes violently, and over time they earn more money than other asset categories. But that doesn't mean that will be true in any particular year. So you need to listen to yourself and pay attention to what you see around yourself. And remember, just because everybody else is confident doesn't mean you have to be until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.